Oh, and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Sean Hughes. Uh, before we get going on this thing, a couple of videos I posted on my blog in the last couple of days. It's frank316.blogspot.com. First, from Tuesday night, uh, Juan, I posted uh, from uh, NXT, the Halloween Havoc episode. It was uh, uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defending their uh, women's tag team championships. Toxic Attraction and uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota. And this was in a ladder match, okay? So the idea here is you've got to climb a ladder and uh, and retrieve the titles that way, okay? So the only thing about this match is that the, most of the wrestlers in this match probably have never done a ladder match before. The exception being, of course, Io Shirai. So the main thing you're looking for is <laughs> what kind of stuff is Io Shirai going to do? Okay. And yeah, those ladder matches were crazy. So at the end of the match, she takes this crazy bump off the ladder. At the top of the ladder, she goes through another ladder. And so she makes it look like she got killed or something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but she didn't. Okay, like she's such a great bumper. Like bumping in pro wrestling is an underappreciated art. Okay, like there is an art to it. Like there's bumps and then there's bumps. And EO may look like she's a cute little girl, but boy, is she good at bumping. So she goes through this ladder. Because even when you. Even when you do it right, there's a price to pay for it. Well, Maya. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure Sean, she's a little sore off. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. The, I don't know the Japanese pro wrestling scene as much as as much as you do. Or a lot of people do, but I used to go to school with a couple of uh, relatives of WWE wrestlers, WWF at the time, whatever. And they were telling me they're like, even when you do it right, it it's no walk in the park. No, no, exactly. They they usually give her time off after she takes a bump like that. Because, uh, you know, she just has to uh, recuperate a little bit. But she was fine, you know. And so the fact that she didn't hurt herself seriously is a major bonus. Because that, if you watch, uh, there are a couple of other cameras that were posted on Twitter. And you can see what she did to minimize the damage. Like, this girl is an expert. Like, she knows exactly what she's doing. And she has a tremendous body control. So the, the, the video is worth watching, and, and, you know, especially for, the, for some of the stuff you know, that she's crazy. That girl was nuts. Uh, I also posted from last night's AEW show, they had a uh, Hikaru Shida beat uh, Serena Deep uh, in a first round tournament match for the TBS uh, Championship. Coming up in January, I guess they're starting with the first round matches. So I posted that up on my blog as well. Okay, let's get on to our uh, usual stuff here. First of all, from last Saturday, uh, um, Jessica Rose Clark, or as we will call her, Jesse Jess, she beat Jocelyn Edwards by unanimous decision. So, Swan, uh, how do you feel about laying prey? I mean, 
I get it's not entertaining, but ultimately the uh, goal is to win. And that was that was Jesse Jess's best opportunity to win. She wasn't going to be able to stand up with um, Edwards. And I don't think given that as her size and athleticism, I don't think she was going to be able to consistently scramble with her without putting herself in danger. So she she took the path of least resistance and played it smart. So there were so there were some people who were uh, complimenting her, showing her, displaying her wrestling skills, but she didn't display any skills. She basically took her down and sat on. Yeah, she 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 displayed some wrestling. What she didn't display really is any grappling because she really couldn't put her in danger or get into a position where she could really punish her. She just would basically, I got this takedown, and I'm just going to hold a position. And Edwards isn't good enough off her back to do anything against somebody who's got who's got some size and some physicality. Against girls, she's outclasses by a lot. She can kind of power her way out. It was a little bit harder with uh, Jesse Jess. So, so, I, so let me. I saw let, a little bit of wrestling to grapple. Bye. So let me explain the strategy here because I, I think a lot of people don't understand what she did. Okay, in the first round, she took Jesse. Jesse just took her down, and she basically sat on her. And the first time she did this, it was mainly done to gauge how long the referee Keith Peterson would give her before he stood her up, and what she had to do to continue to do that. Okay. And he let he let it go for a what? Two and a half minutes? I think so, yes. Something like that. So she knew that if she did just enough to keep him from standing them up, then she would win that fight. Look at a win. It's a win, okay? But you can only do that once because once your opponents know you're gonna do that stuff, there's a way to combat it, number one. Number two, uh look at a lot of it is Peterson's fault, okay? The refs are supposed to warn them. They're supposed to stand them up. They're supposed to tell them not to do it. And a lot of them don't do that, okay? Some refs do it, and some refs don't. So you're depending on a ref who is more lenient in, in, in handling this sort of thing. And that's what, and that's what she was depending on here. If, if he had stood them up after about a minute, I don't think she would have continued it. I don't, I don't think she would have either. And I, I see both sides of it because, A, um, the, the, the uh, ref should enforce the rules because it is a sport and there's certain, certain things about – it doesn't matter the position. To a certain degree, you could call them the judging into question because control without doing any damage really doesn't mean a lot either, especially since I think, if I remember correctly, Edwards did a little bit of damage on the feet. Uh, J- Jesse just didn't do much on the on the ground, so you could even say her control didn't really mean a lot. Yeah, it it but, wasn't uh, enough. It wasn't enough, though. I, I don't really blame the judges for this. I mostly blame the ref. I was just making I was just making a point where you, if you're going to get down to the nitty gritty, the finer points, there's arguments throughout the fight that you could address. But secondly, Edwards' team knows she's not good grappling or re- counter wrestling or counter grappling, and she hasn't seemed to gotten any better. The main reason Jesse Jess won't be able to do this again is because she's going to be facing girls who have grappling and submission and wrestling backgrounds. So she's never going to get those positions as easily, and she's never going to be able to maintain those positions as easily. That has well, a lot to do with the matchup of who she was facing. Well, not only that, but once uh, uh, a opponent, like she's never done that before, okay? Mostly she's a striker, right? Yeah. Okay? So she's never done anything like that before. 
So there's no way for Jocelyn's team to know that she would do anything like that because she hadn't that, done it before. That's true, but Jocelyn's team and Jocelyn's job is to have a, have worked on things well enough where you have you figured like mm. I'm sure they figured out what she was doing, and yet they still didn't have an answer for it. And you're supposed to have an answer for every situation, at least a. a, yeah, a I know, I know. And she, you, have, know, you know, that's not always the case. Well, that that's a coaching problem. Like she painted the wrong people there. Well, so blame Afro Cardero. Go ahead. Uh, hey, you know, I, I have no pro- I have no problem with that. But the point is, you can only the problem with this strategy, the lay and pray strategy, is you can only do it once. Because once opponents know that a fighter will do it, you can't do it again. They won't get away with it. You know what I'm interested to see? One, I know we're not going to see this person, Jesse Jess. Two, Jesse Jess. One, Jesse Jess has been in a lot of exciting fights that she lost. So I understand why she went to this. She needed a win. She needed one bad. She didn't need another you know, exciting No, no, no. Listen, this was Favor's idea. Come on. I understand that. But Favor, Favor, one thing Favor is, is aware. He understands certain things. And he understands she does not need another loss. We need a win any way possible. And my second, my, so I don't, I don't think we'll see this again. Once again, I don't think we can see it again. And two, my other thing is going to be, with Jocelyn Edwards, if I see her getting another fight where someone is taking her down repeatedly and controlling her, then I'm really going to dump all the blame on her coaching team because I've seen multiple fights where her takedown and her grappling has been trash. So that's going to be that's going to be multiple losses she's had because she can't grapple and wrestle. That means her team isn't even addressing it because she's not facing high well, level wrestlers or high level grappler. Jesse Jess is not a high level wrestler or a high level grappler. There's no Schwan, reason she should have to do that for her. Schwan, I don't think she was training at her normal team that, at, on this occasion. I think she was training at Kings MMA in uh, Huntington Beach, California. Normally, she trains in uh, El Paso, Texas. So okay. it may, there, may, there may have been a disconnect there. I, I hope so. But if it, if it happens again, then, then that's a trend. Same thing with Megan Anderson. Oh, she just got tapped because of this. No, no, no. This is a trend. This is three, four fights in a row now. It's no longer just the opponent. It's her. She's the problem. So she got one more fight and becomes Jocelyn Edwards is the problem. All right. Next fight we've got, it was uh, Tabitha Ricci uh, winning over Maria Oliveira by unanimous decision. Now, Tabitha, uh, she's a Brazilian, but she trains at Paragon BJJ in Santa Barbara, California. It, she lost her first fight in the UFC to um, Manon Fioro, but uh, that was yeah. at flyweight and she's a strawweight and i think she's even small for a strawweight one yeah uh, Ma- maria Oliveira. we saw her a few years ago in the brazilian contender series and uh she lost to marina rodriguez then and so that here's the thing about her this shows you why uh gaylord piranha moved prvt to las vegas because if they're still in brazil Maria Oliveira does not get the call to the UFC. They got the call to the UFC for her mainly because they needed somebody. She's in there now in Las Vegas. And so that's how she got in there. She is an awful fighter. God, she's bad. So let me ask you uh, a question. Is she any worse than anybody else? Or is she just wor- bad without the athleticism and physicality to mask it like everybody else in her camp? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's pretty bad though they, they have some pretty bad fighters who only get by because they can physically impose their will on people you take well, that away I know. And, and you can see like I said I, that this is what I pointed out that this is why Piranha moved the whole team to Las Vegas because 
you know, they can bring somebody in on a pinch. Now they're going to get paydays for her, uh, at least three, right? And and yeah, she's not any good. He he's doing the he's their camp is doing the same thing fighters are doing. They're they're playing the system. The UFC is going to have people drop out. The women's divisions always have people who can't make weight, can't get over, whatever. Let's just be right there so they can go to us. We're their one-stop shop for bodies. And that's what I, I said. No pro- I have no problem with that. He's a, he's a smart guy. You have better opportunities. So you need to be prepared because you're going to get more opportunities than any man. You'll see every, every organization needs more women fighters, every single one. So if you're a female fighter, master your craft so you can be ready for your opportunity. Back to the fight. All right. Uh, Tabitha looked pretty good here. Uh, I thought she was a lot quicker than Maria. But because of her size, I see her having problems with some of the better fighters in the division because she's kind of small even for a strongman. I think what they're thinking is with her with her athleticism, and she she seems even though she's small, she seems to be more of a physical kind of fighter. I think they're thinking between her her athleticism and maybe some of her skill that that's going to balance out the size and weight differences, and maybe against the lower level girls, it might. But if she starts moving forward, they're going to have a lot of girls who are just going to be able to bully her and back her down and control her. Do you think maybe it would be a good idea for Tabitha to uh, put on some muscle? I think it will, but I don't. I don't. I think she might be hesitant against it because she feels like it, she thinks it's going to take away from her athleticism and mobility, which are her her big pluses at that weight class. Okay, let's go on to the third fight, and this was uh, Random Marcos. Uh, beating Lavinia um, Stuka by unanimous decision. And we kind of called this a loser leaves town match type of thing. So the way this match went is round one was fairly close, but I thought Lavinia won round one. And then in round two, I thought uh, whatever happened in the corner, uh, Randa was a lot better and she won the other two rounds. Uh, so. Uh, that breaks a four-fight losing streak for her. And uh, Lavinia, listen, if she gets released, Swan, I expect to see her in Invicta pretty soon. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, she's not she's not a UFC-level fighter because essentially her whole style is based on her being able to pressure and being physical and impose her will. But the thing about it is she's not that kind of athlete. She's not that kind of physical dynamo. She really can't. For three rounds straight, she can't impose her will. She didn't do it against Ashley Yoda. She's never done it. She has spots of offense, and if a girl can't isn't comfortable, then she can basically front run. When somebody pushes back is when she has problems. And when Random Marcos asserted herself and started pushing back, Lavina didn't have any answers as far as her physicality, and she didn't have any skills. She can't fight off the back foot. She's not a great striker. She's not a great wrestler. She's not a great grappler. She just kind of imposes her will and fights at a pace and wears you down. And when she can't do that, she doesn't have another another gear or another answer. I also think she's another Adam weight fighting against Rose. Yeah, I mean, if she was at a smaller weight class, she she probably would have more success. Obviously, she had to move up for the UFC, so the style that she's perfected or built for herself isn't consistently effective at this level against this size of opponent. It's effective for like a round and a half. All right, well, let's uh, move on to uh, Sunday. There was a Ryzen show, and uh, Ryzen 31, and there was a women's match on the show. It was uh, Sario Shima versus Tana Asakura. 
now this this match I po- this match can be viewed on Ryzen's YouTube page. Did you watch it, Swan? Uh, yes. Okay, so that's what I want to make sure because I told you yesterday to watch it. Okay, so if anyone wants to watch, well, what Ryzen usually does is after their shows, usually a couple of days, they post them on YouTube. Sometimes I post matches on my blog, not in this case, but I, um, this was a fairly close match. One, um, uh, Sari Oshima uh, is a deep, is a deep jewels fighter. She uh, fought at deep jewels and also in deep. And um, uh, she won the match by split decision. Schwan, I thought that Kana kind of won the fight. What do you think? Um, I thought I thought Oshima really threw a. Is it name Asakura? Did I say it right? What did you say? Oh, oh Kana Asakura, you answered it. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I thought where the issue came up is Asakura got caught off guard initially by Oshima's aggression, especially on the ground. And even though Oshima didn't really finish, and to certain degrees, Asakura had positioning, Oshima kept attacking. Like, Oshima didn't fight with the respect you have against a bigger opponent or more experienced opponent. Every time she had an opportunity, she was jumping all over it and forcing submission chains and trying to punish her and trying to engage on the feet like she didn't show any respect for this person's experience or their accomplishments or their size and i think with the judges watching it they're 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 following the story of this smaller opponent taking it to the bigger opponent and even though asakura had moments especially late in the fight her weight and her strength came into play it didn't come into play early enough and it wasn't like she was ever really super close to finishing um oshima except for maybe i guess the later part of those that that fight um, I think just the the narrative of the smaller opponent being so aggressive and so dynamic and so relentless in her attack really swayed the judges because it looked like Asakura was on the defensive. And I don't know how much danger she was or she wasn't in, but it looked like she was on the defensive because she could never get Oshima to slow down her pace or slow down her offensive output. And to the judges, that looks like this person is in clear control. In fact, it didn't really look clearly like Asakura was in control until she got on top and started pounding away. Then it was clear she was in control. But every other moment, like she was defending or in a neutral position against a smaller, weaker opponent. And people were, even though judges shouldn't buy into that, I think they did. I also uh, would want to point out that they do not use the 10-point must system over there. Yeah, that's a big thing. That's big. Okay, because if you use the 10-point must system, there's no question that Kana wins that match. I think it's just a matter of, I think really it comes down to a matter of interpretation. Like I said, I felt I felt kind of had the did the most damage, the legitimately me the most damage, and had positions. But usually, if you're doing the most damage, you have the most positions. Your opponent's work rate kind of falls off. Their defense kind of falls off. They get controlled easily, and at no point did Oshima really get controlled easily or really just get worked over. Like really get worked over until really late in the fight. And I think that's what sold the story. I, I, could, I see the argument for Asakura winning, but I also see a legitimate argument that she was never able to change Oshima's pace or aggression. She, she never, at no point did she. It was Oshima was going for it the whole time, and that shouldn't happen if you're a bigger, stronger, more experienced opponent. There's no way that should happen. So one of the problems with the result of this match is now I'm not sure what they're going to have for an opponent for uh, Ayaka Hamasaki uh, for New Year's Eve. And the reason I say that is that 
uh, Sari Oshima trains at AACC, and Ayaka Hamasaki is her coach. So she ain't fighting her. Yeah, clearly. Okay? Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's weird to me that uh, Yamasa- Hamasaki was okay with this because she must know she must know that Oshima has something. Oshima wasn't a pushover, obviously, with her accomplishments. She had to know there was some chance Oshima might win this. Maybe not a great one, but some, and that would put her in a position where she loses a payday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I, can't, I can't say. We have a match coming up, a fight coming up in Okinawa with Rena and Miyu Yamamoto, but I don't think either of them. Well, first of all, Rena Rena is also trained at AACC. Okay, so <laughs> Ayaka coaches her too, but uh, Miyu is more coach than fighter. Miyu yeah. Yamamoto—that's Kid Yamamoto's sister, right? Yeah, and she's more coach. Like she's better at coaching than at fighting, and she's like forty-five years old now. So it's kind of ridiculous to even put her in there. So I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. So uh, I'm not going any farther with that uh, because I don't know. Uh, All right. So let's move on to Tuesday's fight at the Contender Series. Okay. And so we had um, uh, Karine Silva uh, beat um, uh, Jan Kiwi, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, by a second round. Uh, guillotine choke and um karine is a brazilian uh she trains with she's from curitiba she trains with um uh, guile ribeiro and uh when i was looking at these fighters beforehand the impression that i got is that jan was more striker than anything else and um uh, uh whatever the hell her name is. I can't remember her name. She, yeah, she's she's a more well-rounded fighter. And you could see that in round one. And then in round two, Jan made a big mistake and lost with uh, by uh, guillotine choke. And the Brazilian got a, um, a contract out of it, too. I, I think Jan was the more physically imposing fighter. I think she had the more physicality and strength. But like you said... Silva had no fear of her as far as her grappling or her wrestling. So she had a little bit more freedom in how she approached. And she was Kare- able to. Karine Kare- yeah. Silva, that's her name, right? Yeah. She was able to kind of start the fight off quickly and, and offset some of the positions and, and the pressure that, that Jan was g- going to jump on her right away. And ultimately, I think the cut made uh, Jan get a little get a little gun shy where she was like, I'm feeling desperate. So I got to do something big because I've, I'm bleeding. Maybe this is, maybe I'm down around. I need to do something. I need to do something big. And since she doesn't have a depth of skill, as far as her grappling or wrestling, that takedown she got just basically set her up to be finished. Yeah. I, I thought she wanted her. Well, you know, it's interesting, Schwan. I think we may see her down the road. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She, she didn't look bad in it. And I mean, even getting finished, she looked good for that round and a half she fought in. She just isn't very seasoned or deep in her skill sets. Yeah, she doesn't have the international experience that you would like to see. No, uh, not where, at all. Where, okay. So, all right. Now, let's go on. I know I forgot about this last week, but there was a PFL show last night. Okay. And uh, in the championship match, 
uh, as expected, Kayla Harrison beat um, Guardado by uh, a second round armbar. So nothing about this fight surprised me at all, of course, because, uh, you know, there's no competition for her there. At least Kayla got at least she got at least she got punched hard in the face at least once. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, what it comes down to is now she's a free agent, and and um, you know I just don't think she's going to go anywhere. I think now she now she wants to get paid. Exactly, and 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 uh, you know, uh, you know we talked about this. A f- well, we talked about this a few months ago, and what did I say? Uh, basically, she's stuck because nobody's going to pay her salary. Exactly. And in fact, uh, last week, uh, PFL broadcaster Sean O'Connell said exactly the same thing that I said. Okay, that she's going to stay at PFL because that's where the money is, right? And remember yes. who her manager is, okay? Her manager is Ali Abdulaziz, and he is a money guy, right? So yep. and, and plus Dana White said the other night, did you see that? Dana White said the other night that she should stay at PFL. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for him to get her. She's she hasn't beaten anybody of note. She doesn't have any any real star power, even though she's been they, they built a whole division around her and they promoted her heavily. She still hasn't turned the corner as a star. So why is he paying her top end money just to basically, I mean, Amanda Amanda Nunes is on her team as well. To most likely just get if Amanda Nunes blows her out, it does nothing for him. If she somehow beats Amanda Nunes, it does nothing for the UFC either. So well, I don't like, know if you, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, ATT owner Dan Lambert said that he would try to avoid that fight at all at all costs. Yeah, but that that's my once again that's my point. If she goes to UFC, what would be the point? It'd be another one forty er who can't fight Nunes. Well, great, that's worthless. I'm not paying you top dollar for that trash. And well, I don't I, think Bell. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, Sorry. I, I don't. I don't think Bellator would pay her that kind of money either. I don't think so either. But I think she could make money in a one-off if she could. If she could get PFL to agree with it, and I know Bellator would probably do it. They could do like a co, some kind of co-promotion. It like with Risen is the in, the money, the money, the, the in-between guy because a, a judoka like of Kayla's degree and Cyborg, who I think if I remember is pretty popular over there, if they could have some kind of title match or unification match oh. or best weight match i think you're Rizzo talking about it doing it you talk about doing it in rising yes don't see it i mean i i don't think see it either but i i think i think it's possible it's a big fight i don't, it's a I, don't fight. I don't see it the only way they would do that fight is in the u.s they would not do that fight in japan no way yeah. why not because of tv Oh, I just thought they liked Cyborg and stuff over there. I just thought it'd be a big way no, to make money. It's because of TV, okay? Uh, you're talking about ESPN. You're talking about Showtime. You're talking about all these things. Then there's no way they would do a fight in Japan. No way. Well, just because of then, TV, the time. Well, it's because of the TV and the time difference and all that. Okay? Well, then pretty, pretty much by signing with PFL to make money, um, Kayla Harrison basically took herself out of any sort of free agent signings. Well, there is a new fighter there who might possibly give her a little bit of a battle, and that's Julia Budd. Now, somebody oh, yeah. predicted that Julia Budd would sign with PFL. Oh, that was me! <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't me? Yeah, was no. Me. No, it was me. And uh, yeah. she she actually fought last night. She beat 
Caitlin Young, not surprising, but I don't think she's competition for, for Kayla. And this is the big problem with Kayla with her talking about like, I'm the greatest and all that crap. There's, the competition isn't there for her to be the greatest. I think Kay, I think I think Julia Bud would be some, offer some resistance. She's twenty times better than anybody Kayla's beaten. She's not that good, but she's twenty times better than anybody Kayla's beaten. Though she might not be that good, but she's literally twenty times better. Well, that brings us to the other women's fight that was on last night's PFL show, and that was uh, this Mexican girl. I forgot her name. Beat Clarissa uh, Shields. Montez, was it a Montez? That's her. Yeah, Abigail Montez, right? Mon- Abigail Montez. She she's uh, from Guadalajara, Mexico. The, her team is Team Grasso, but it's actually Lobo. It's owned by uh, Alexa Grasso's father. Okay, so wow. that's where she trained. He must huh? he must hurt, he must have hurt hurt my criticism of his coaching and stepped it up. He's not a coach. <laughs> He's not a coach. He has a coach who works for him. He's not a coach. He may not be the coach, but guarantee you he's calling the shows on what this coach is teaching his kids. Well, he is because he's the money guy, right? Yeah, so anyways, the point is yeah. the point is that was considered kind of an upset, but once Abigail took her took Clarissa down, mm-hmm. she was going nowhere. Well, it's the the biggest thing with Clarissa Shield, because a lot of people were asking how she could box and do MMA. For one thing, in boxing, Clarissa Shields is literally light years ahead of these other girls because she's a multiple time Olympian. She's a, probably one of the best. She can actually play another sport. That's how good an athlete she is. Facing second, third, and fourth-tier girls, fifth-tier girls in boxing. These, these girls, even the ones who are world champions, aren't anywhere near the athlete she is and aren't anywhere near the boxer she is. It's been proven time and time again. So, And she, that's why she can't generate interest in her fights, and that's why she can't get paid top-end money because she's not facing the same challenges of men who are world champions. That's not sexist. That's an actual fact. The, the the number of girls in his in her divisions don't equal up to the number of men in her division in in the comparable divisions. That's why she can be so clearly dominant. She only has to beat one or two girls, whereas you'd have to beat four or five people at least to be that in men's division. Now she goes in the W into MMA. The advantage she has is once again she is still probably one of the top 10 at top 10 percent top five percent of athletes and women's mixed martial arts and even though she's not a big puncher in boxing in mma her power is a difference maker it just is but the thing about it is she doesn't she hasn't totally immersed herself in mma and as a result she has huge holes in her grappling and her overall wrestling that can be exploited in her first fight, she got out-wrestled and positionally dominated. The only thing that won the fight for her is that her, her punching power was enough to cha- change the narrative and win the fight late. That was the difference. But in this fight, she could never land the right shot, and she was down and worn down. So, Shawan, let me ask you. I got a couple of questions about her. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Yes, good. Shawan, I got a couple of questions about her. Yes. One. Is she going to be any good at MMA? I think she's. I mean, first of all, I feel like they're, they're, I want to. Can I can I preface that? We've yeah. seen a lot of female boxers come over to women's MMA, and a, a large majority of them just haven't cut it in MMA. Holly Holm being an obvious exception. Okay, but other than that, really, they haven't been all that successful. I just question whether she'll ever be any good. 
she has the tools to be good. And a lot, and they said before, there's a lot of female fighters who started out one and one in mixed martial arts and turned it around. She's still going to be one of the heaviest hitters in mixed martial arts. She's still going to have the best hands in mixed martial arts. She's still one of the best athletes. And when Hello. She doesn't have the conditioning and the conditioning. She can she knows again positions, but she doesn't understand how draining that is when you have somebody who's not just going to accept you getting up, who's not just going to accept you escaping. Because I've seen her training sessions, not her sessions, but I've seen some of the videos teaching her these escapes. They teach you those escapes, but they don't teach you that certain One. Also, I think her style is wrong right now. Say, of, say that again. Hold, hold, hold. Say that again because you're cut out. I said, I said, what I was saying was she doesn't understand the price you have to pay to be in those positions in grappling. She doesn't get that. She did the right things in certain spots, but she was getting tired and getting worn down. Um, Abigail was in position. She was perfectly calm. I don't even think she was tired in the fight because no. she was prepared for that kind of grapple-heavy approach. And secondly, I think Carissa tries to be a destroyer on the feet where she walks forward and destroys you. That gets you into trouble. Yeah, she should be using her length, like a front kick to the body, a jab, a lowered stance. And I don't remember her throwing any body punches in either one of her first fights. Yeah. I don't think she's... I, I think it, she hasn't picked it up yet. Yeah, if she, if she threw body punches... None of these fights would go distance. I'm serious. Like you saw the effect she had on Elkins when she hit her clean shot. If she's throwing to the body, these girls don't get out of the first round. But there were no body punches. There was no front kick to maintain the distance, and all her kicks were very hesitant. Because everybody says she's a great striker, she's not a great striker. She's a great boxer. There's a difference. Okay. And so, so, that, so they got a uh, they got a lot of stuff to work on with her at Jackson Wink. Now I got one other question about her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Considering that Jake Paul pays good money, okay, why is she slagging on him? Because her, it's it's who she is. She's gotten some heat. She's very outspoken. Feels that women's sports, and her in particular as a female athlete and a black woman, gets overlooked and downplayed. Like for example, she says more titles faster than anybody else but they don't give me my respect but once again you're winning in a shallow pool of talent she in boxing she's what kayla harrison is in mma beating up people who don't belong in the in the ring with her and doing it dynamically so she feels she's been overlooked and she doesn't get the money she deserves or the props she deserves even though being it down the line she's not facing comparable opposition so she's but gonna schwan, attack but schwan she would get decent money from paul don't she, she would get, does she understand that? She would get decent money, but she feels she shouldn't have to concede. She's not paying attention. She doesn't care about the business aspect of this. She wants to get paid based on her athletic and her, her ability to sell and her accomplishments as an athlete as a woman and a black woman. She finds Jake Paul to be insulting because she's like, I shouldn't have to defer to him on a fight card or defer to him as far as popularity because he's not a real fighter. He's a character who started yeah, I- I think she's barking up the wrong tree. She doesn't. She she's hung up on the honor of the sport and not thinking about the business. Me personally, and maybe that's different. Maybe that's why I'm not a multiple time Olympian. 
take the money because combat sports are tough. And you need to make as much money as you can while you can. Well, not only that, Sean, it would get more eyeballs on her. Yeah, it would. And uh, the worst part about her arguing with Jake Paul is her good friend, Amanda Serrano, who she respects, is one of the best female boxers of all time. Under Jake Paul. So it's like she's arguing with a good friend of hers, boss. You know, and and Amanda Serrano is getting paydays as a result of Jake Paul. And Carissa Shields could get that, too. But she doesn't feel like she needs to concede or bow down to anybody. And she won't. Take the money, Clarissa. She's like, she said, I'm a two-time Olympian. Why am I on the undercard of Jake Paul or anybody else who hasn't accomplished what I've accomplished? The, 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 because women's boxing is not respected by boxing promoters. He's the only one who will put him on a sh- his show. It's not respected because it, if it made money, it'd be respected. Okay. All right. Now, tomorrow, on, on Saturday, I should say, we've got a UFC show that, again, is on during the day. Okay, so I want to just uh, tell you how you can watch this. So in the U.S., the whole show is on ESPN Plus, and though it's a numbered uh, show, uh, I think it's UFC 267, even though it's a numbered show, uh, it's not a pay-per-view in the U.S. In Canada, the prelims prelims can be seen on TSN, and the main card is a pay-per-view. Okay. All right. But there's only one women's match on the show, and it's on the prelims. And that is uh, Amanda Rebus versus uh, Verda Genderoba. Okay. And Amanda is coming off this match where fight where she got knocked out by um, Marina Rodriguez. She was supposed to fight in May. COVID 19 postponed that fight. So now she's doing this fight with Verda Genderoba. I expect her to win because I think she's a better fighter than her. Well, once again, like her, her, in her fights leading up to facing Marina Rodriguez, she is facing an opponent who has egregious holes in their game and is basically maybe one, one and a half dimensional as a fighter. So that's where her again, because she's a better athlete than Jandaroba. She's a better striker than Jandaroba. Jandro was a better grappler, but Jandro was not a better judoka or a better wrestler. To be able to do what she did against Mackenzie Dern, the one distant difference is Jandaroba is not afraid of getting into a heavy firefight, and Dern may be a sloppy strike. Dern hits hard, and Jandaroba got in her face and exchanged with her heavily. So it's, it should be entertaining in spots, but she should be able to outclass her and outwork her. She's dangerous in, let's say there's four, five spots of MMA. She's dangerous in about four, three and a half of them. John Jaroba's dangerous in one and a half of them. Just, just by that mass, she should be able to win. Is, is she recovered? And is her confidence the same as it was previously to her losing? I think she'll be okay. If she wins this fight, it kind of gets her back into the um, strawweight title picture to a certain extent. Yeah, it's true. It, it does. My own, the only concern for her is going to be that um, – is going to have to face some conflict as far as, you know, Marina, Marina Rodriguez is still going to be in her way if she wants to move up soon. She ain't the only one. Let, we're going to get to that right now, actually, because uh, earlier this week, uh, Joanna Radzicek was removed from the UFC rankings and, due to inactivity, okay? And uh, uh, she was on Ariel Hawani's show yesterday, 
And it looks to me, Schwan, like she may have softened her stance a little bit. Uh, the thing I've been saying for the last year and a half is that she's not going to fight again because she wants a title shot. And she's not getting a title shot. She kind of softened that up a little bit yesterday. The thing she said in that interview uh, with Ariel Hawani is regardless of whether it's a title shot or not, she wants pay-per-view points. Okay. And she's going to have to negotiate that with white because the only non champ who gets pay-per-view points is Conor McGregor. So is she worth Conor McGregor? The same as Conor McGregor? No, she shouldn't get pay-per-view points. What are you talking about? That's what he's going to say. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, she doesn't have any leverage in this. I understand what she's saying, but I, she doesn't have any leverage with the UFC because especially after they signed that uh they signed that deal and any fighter just doesn't have any leverage. I mean, let's face it, they just don't have any leverage. Plain and simple. She has no leverage, she has no ground to stand on. She's gotta they see it her way, but I don't know that she's a big enough draw where she should get pay-per-view points, even even if the UFC was willing to give it to her. Who who what, what pay-per-view she broke records with? She hasn't. And the other thing is that up until recently, she was saying that she only wanted to fight uh, for the title. Now what she's saying is she will fight the loser of uh, Rose uh, versus uh, Zhang Bailey. And uh, I don't know if she'll fight somebody like Marina Rodriguez, but she's kind of softened her stance a little bit on that. But I don't know. Money may be too much of a, a a barrier for this. She doesn't have to fight Schwan. She made her money, and in and in Poland, she's a big time celebrity. She's got a lot of endorsements. She's making a lot of money, doing a lot of TV and, and movies and stuff like that. So she doesn't need to fight if she doesn't want to. Maybe that's just who she is. Maybe she's a fighter at heart. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I still but think it's a 50-50. She's clearly not a business. She has no leverage in this unless somebody does her a favor. In fact, I'd rather I, – I could understand why Lee's saying I want pay-per-view points because she has that fan base and a whole country behind her. I have no idea why, why Joanna thinks they're doing anything for her. Well, neither do I. And plus, she's up on a big-time losing streak, right? Okay. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about, Sean, or is that it? Uh, the one last thing I, I want to say is two things. I do not hate Kayla Harrison. I, I think she has talent. <laughs> I think she has skills. I think she's just largely unproven. People compare her to Ronda, but Ronda, when Ronda came out, she was facing a better class of fight. When she beat girls, they were girls who were established, successful, experienced, sometimes former champions in other divisions, in other organizations. So the streak that Kayla isn't the same as Ronda and the heat behind Kayla isn't the same as Ronda. That's where a lot of her leverage has been lost. Secondly, uh, Clarissa Shields. I do not hate Clarissa Shields either. The only thing I'm going to say about Clarissa Shields is I understand her point from the purity of the sport, but ultimately things come down to a business. If you can generate interest and you can generate views, you dictate you dictate the storylines. And Clarissa Shields doesn't understand. She doesn't, she doesn't generate that. And the only way she does generate it is outlandish which oftentimes takes away from the credibility or the stand the position she's built for herself she's a very talented fighter she's a very fighter, but we'll never know how good is a boxer and most likely we'll never know how good is an mma fighter because the gap between her and her male counterparts 
is so that it's hard to compare them accomplishment for accomplishment. Even if she's won five titles in a row, she only had to beat five girls for him. That it's not that easy division, and that's why her her accomplishments get undercut because she presents them as equal when actual facts. And I know boxing. I'm not some idiot who just is speaking in a vacuum. It's not comparable. Title for title, fighter for fighter, it's completely different. So her accomplishments are impressive, but they're not the same as the because they're facing a deeper tool, pool of talent with better experience and more accomplished fighters. So I like both these girls, but we have to talk facts. And that's what we do on this show. Hard facts, uncomfortable facts. Yeah, I guess some people can't handle the truth, you know? Oh, well, if you, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be called a misogynist. Don't appre- you don't know boxing. You just hate women. I don't hate women. I said she's talented. I said she's great. I speak positively about both of them. But we're, we got to talk at the, we got to look at the facts. Harrison has beat, at best, fourth-tier fighters. Clarissa Shields, except for maybe two or three girls, has at best beaten second-tier fighters. Maybe one That That doesn't happen. You can't get that kind of money and that kind of acclaim beating those caliber of opponents, especially when you're not knocking them out. That's just how it works. All right. Well, that's about it. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm tired of it. Uh, so, again, if you have any qu- questions, or don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All those fights that we talked about are on my blog. If you have any questions or comments for my uh, blog or either my podcast, you can do so at uh, Anchor's Voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.